Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. LA has been the center of the biggest rivalry since the 80s. That's when the Lakers were in the spotlight all alone. But Tuesday night's tip off had the playoff type of hype. And for the first time, the hallway series between the Lakers and the Clippers lived up to the hoopla. A test of two wheels, two cultures, and two teams looking to erase the championship drought in L.A. and raise another banner in Staples. This game was only the beginning of the 2019-2020 season, but not the beginning of this rivalry. For the Clips, they're finally stepping out of the Showtime shadows. However, the Lakers aren't ready to play second fiddle to anyone. But that's what we're going to talk about today on Baseline. Lakers. Clippers. This is Baseline, and I'm your host, Parday. And this is your number one podcast for basketball in L.A., right here on the Believe Network. Today, we have the honor again of being joined by Coach Jason Levy. Hey, Jay, what's up? I'm doing well. How about you, Parday? I'm doing great, man. Did you get a chance to see last night's game? Yes, I did. I thought it was a very interesting game. Clippers played well, and the Lakers looked frustrated, but uh, it's going to be a great rivalry, obviously. Uh, in the preseason, we were talking about the Lakers at this length and how how much of a, of a matchup problem is going to be for most teams. Um, and they started out really hot. It was like 11-2 when they opened up. And then the Clippers just really had this tenacity, and they really showed up big. Well, what I feel is, and I've, I've learned this through coaching many years that I've coached, the game settles in. Mm-hmm. And what happened last night, the Lakers were up like 13-2. to two. And what happens is in the games, you're not going to make as many shots, and they're not going to miss many shots. That's why I always say the game's going to settle in. Mm-hmm. So when they got down 13-2, to two, I think it was, the Clippers, they were missing shots, the Lakers were making shots, and the game settled in, and I thought the Clippers is, like you said, the defensive intensity uh, and the focus was outstanding. Absolutely. What do, you, what do you think about the strengths of each team? What, what do the Clippers have and what do the Lakers have? Well, I think it starts with the, the Clippers' uh, ownership, one, two, their direction. When they, when Chris Paul said, I don't want to be a Clipper, instead of looking at it like, wow, where do we go from here, they strategically, Lawrence Frank, the general manager, did a great job, Jerry West, of let's see who we can get of value and kind of what do we, what do we want as a Clipper? And they got Lou Williams, who's an outstanding player in the trade. They got Montrez who's a total workhorse defensively and rebounding high motor. And they got Patrick Beverly as well. So they got the better of the trade with, in my opinion, with the, with uh, the Rockets. And then the other thing they did was they realized where are we going with Blake Griffin? Obviously Blake Griffin's a great player, but they felt like how good can we be with him? And then they used those, they traded him again, more assets. So the difference 
the in contrast of the of the teams is the Clippers have a defensive mindset. You got Patrick Beverly, who's as good an on ball defender as you'll find. You have Kawhi Leonard, as good as on ball defender and team defender as you'll find, and Paul George. So three out of their five starters are guys that are out first team all defensive players. And then you throw in Montrez, who comes in at the five. And you have as good a defensive team as you have in the NBA. I think Kenny Smith said it last night, was that Doc hasn't had somebody to lead the defense like Patrick Beverly is leading since uh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, he's a tough, he's a tough ombre, I call him. He's a tremendous leader. He leads by example. They embrace the defense, and they, and they want to be great. I mean, their expectations are high. And it starts from the ownership. I mean, this guy, Steve Ballmer, came in, paid an outrageous amount of money for the team, and now he's decided, I'm not only going to put the, the money, I'm going to put the, up the support. I've never heard of an owner that puts his own money to get a new facility, which he's doing. So he really is basically saying, hey, listen, this is going to be a Clipper town. Do you think with that mentality, that puts a lot of – a lot more pressure on the Clippers to win this season? No, not really. I think that they have a team that's in the top four, just kind of like the Lakers as well. But I think they put their – in just two years, they've been able to lose DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, and have a better team, which is unprecedented. Most teams that rebuild tank, for example, like the Sixers, their slogan was trust the process – their owner, Steve Palmer, didn't want to lose. What he wanted to do was be a competitive team, which they overachieved last year and made the playoffs, and then have enough cap space to acquire assets like Kawhi Leonard and also Paul George. That doesn't happen in the NBA. So strategically, what they did and wrote down on paper what they want to do, they accomplished. So there's no doubt in my mind the executive of the year is going to be Lawrence Frank this year, no matter what happens with the Clippers. I agree with that. So would you say the Clippers' identity, do they think they'll take after Kawhi and be more, you know, that subdued, you know, nose to the grind, or is it more of a Patrick Beverly, in-your-face, hard nose? I think they have a good mixture. I think it's some of it's Beverly and some of it's Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's a silent assassin. I mean, you, you watch him last night. He's backing guys into the post, shooting turnaround jump shots. The, the, the thing that makes Kawhi Leonard so hard to guard is he's so athletic. He's so long, and he could shoot the ball and post up. Mm-hmm. And he passes the ball. So he, like last night, was proven he had 30 points, and he looked like he didn't even break a sweat. He was he was magnificent on the floor, and it just seemed like he waited for the game, you know, uh, just to come to him. He didn't force anything. He wasn't rushed. He was very patient, and at times kind of neutralized LeBron a little bit, which was I'd never seen that before. You don't see that often. Well, you're exactly right. You don't see it off. But the thing that I noticed last night, and one thing about the NBA, as you probably well know, there's 82 games. Mm-hmm. Like, the Lakers are going to turn around, play Friday at home against a very good Utah Jazz team. But they'll watch the film, and they'll critique their positives and negatives, and they'll get better, and they'll learn a lot from this last night's game against the Clippers. But what I saw was... LeBron had a great game. I think he had 19 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. I thought he should have been more aggressive offensively. The problem the problem with the fans and, and the media, LeBron is Superman. 
and they expect him to be Superman every night. Mm -hmm. He's got to perform, and like a Michael Jordan. And last night, I thought he should have been a little more aggressive offensively, but I can see why. He was trying to get his team involved. But what I was disappointed at seeing him last night was he had a lot of turnovers, like really unforced errors, you know. And I thought that was something that they had to show up for sure. Well, a couple things. One, uh, he was trying to feed, force feed it to, to Anthony Davis. Obviously, as the game got tied, they were running some pin down to post-ups. I call that a floppy punch where they have a guard come off a pin down from Anthony Davis and then they just post him up and throw throw it to Anthony and he makes a play. But I, like I said, I thought he should have been more aggressive. He turned the ball over. The difference now is exhibition season's over. So now the Lakers are going to cut it down to nine, maybe ten maximum players. And you're going to see LeBron on most nights play 32 to 37 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get better because he's going to have more work in the games. Absolutely. You think the Lakers, well, they just have the excitement of the city again. Well, what happened was, it's interesting, because I heard Magic Johnson was talking about how they comprise a team the year prior. He thought he wanted more playmakers to have LeBron, not playmakers so playmakers as much as he has in the past. Mm-hmm. And they realized through trial and error that wasn't the way to go. So what they did was, Everybody they got shoots the ball from the outside, which will open up the court. Because if you overhelp, LeBron's going to find you for wide open catch and shoot three. So I think this year's team, I thought Rob Palenka and the staff with the Lakers did a phenomenal job of putting the right pieces together for the Lakers to be more successful and, and also for LeBron to be better. Absolutely. Let me just take a minute to remind our viewers, our listeners, that they're tuned into Baseline with Parday. Love what you're hearing on Baseline? Well, go ahead and subscribe and tell a friend. This is LA's number one sports podcast and the only show for every team in LA. We believe in our team. Do you believe? On this week's show, we're talking Clippers and Lakers. And we got a chance to sit down with Coach Jason Levy. What do you think will be the biggest challenge for the Lakers this season? Avoid, like most NBA teams, avoiding injuries. The thing I like about the Lakers, they're too deep at every position. You look at JaVale McGee, you look at Dwight Howard, you look at uh, KCP, you look at Danny Green. You look at their roster, Rondo, you, they got a lot of pieces and they're going to have a team that they can rotate guys besides, they, you know, their core players, obviously, they're two superstars in Anthony Davis and uh, LeBron, but they can really rotate guys and avoid injury. That, that and just stay in focus. I, I love their coaching staff. I think this guy, Frank Vogel, is very, very good. I watched him with the Pacers and also with the Magic, Orlando Magic. Lionel Hounds has been a very successful NBA coach, and so has Jason Kidd. So they got the right pieces. So, like I said, this rivalry, I'm so excited to watch it because it's going to be outstanding. It's going to be really fun. Um, And I think it's a treat for L.A. fans, you know, to have both of these teams really competitive. Can you talk about Jerry West? How how impressed are you with him, his career as, you know, a front office person? Well, it's. It goes without saying what he was able to do with the Lakers, his ability to acquire Shaq, his ability to acquire Kobe Bryant, uh, his ability to 
make the Lakers, and they lost a lot when he left. Mm-hmm. The Lakers, obviously. And what he did with the Warriors, what he's done with the Clippers. You're talking about a guy who's an, a, a student evaluator, somebody who relates well to the young players. You know, you hear what Kobe said about him. I was, I was listening to Kobe when he got traded from Charlotte to the Lakers. Jerry West saw something in Kobe that a lot of people didn't see. Mm-hmm. Because Kobe went, I think, 13. Yeah. I think it was 13. Yeah. So his ability, having Jerry West with the Clippers, like for me, if I was the Lakers, I would have brought him back in, 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 as a GM or president of the organization. Now, that being said, who was to say that Jerry wanted to come back? You know, a lot has changed with the Lakers. You know, obviously with Jerry Buss's passing and his son's taking over the franchise and now it's his daughter. So it's a different, it's a different uh, feel with the Lakers. And I don't want to speak for Mr. West because I don't know him, but sometimes in situations in, in life, it's never the same when you go back. Yeah. So you go somewhere and it's just not the same. And so you say to yourself, why do I want to be here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, Jason, what teams stand out and are you most interested in, in watching this season? I think there's some teams out. The West is way better than the East. The East has two teams, I think, that are outstanding in the Sixers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if, if anybody outside of those two teams come out of the East. I think Boston's really good. But I just think those teams, they, they, they have it. And then in the West, you've got five teams. The West is so competitive. Even the bad teams. I yeah. was looking at this yesterday. A team like Sacramento can make the playoffs. A team like Dallas can make the playoffs. You look at the top half of the Western Conference. You got the Lakers. I don't know what order. The Clippers, Houston, Utah, Portland, Denver, who's really good. So I think the the teams in the West that really intrigue me are Denver, Utah, and Houston that people don't talk enough about. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested to see how Houston does with Westbrook. Because if you look at Houston's team, they got everybody back, and they added Westbrook to replace Paul. Right. And obviously they have history with, with Russell and, and James Harden. So I think Houston's my sleeper team. But like I said uh, a little earlier, it's going to come down to who's healthy. Yeah, because these injuries set people back. I mean, like for example, Houston just lost a really good backup player in Gerald Green. Ion Williamson with New Orleans is going to be out six to eight weeks, so that's almost two months, maybe more. Who knows? So the whole thing is keeping your players healthy so they can play at their optimal level. But those are teams that I really like: Denver, Utah, Houston. To obviously, go with the Clippers uh, and Lakers and Portland as well. Yeah, absolutely. The West is really stacked. I think it's 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 really exciting to see, and I'm surprised how short of a window uh, Golden State's run was. I mean, I know that injury to Clay is is you know massive, I, but I, I think they'll still be competitive. I think Steph is going to be forced to do a lot of things this season, and I'll be interested to see if you know uh, if he really puts up some numbers and maybe get an MVP this year. I think the Warriors are a team that's going to make the playoffs. I think it's going to come down to health with Draymond Green and Steph Curry. 
I like the Angelo Russell's pickup. He's a scoring guard. He's a combination guard. So I think Golden State's going to be a team that uh, people are going to surprise. I think a lot of people are counting the Warriors out, but I think they'll surprise a lot of people this season. Yeah, and they've had such a good run. I mean, they were winning so easy. This is the first year that I can remember part eight with. The West is so open. And yeah. there's literally, literally probably eight teams, maybe even ten, that have a legit shot of winning the whole thing, which you really don't see ever. I know. I, I mean, I think that's what's great about this season is that it's it's – Anybody, it's anybody's. Whoever, whoever, like you said, whoever can stay healthy and and, and catch fire at the at the back end of the season, it, it could be theirs. And what you're going to see is it's going to be as competitive as it is because when the playoffs start, those first round games mm-hmm. could go either way, wherever, in any order. So, for example, if Portland's playing Utah in the first round, or Denver's playing the Clippers, it's going to be very, very competitive. Absolutely, so it'll be interesting to see. The other thing I would want to add to Part A that that impresses me is is how Kawhi Leonard wanted to be a Clipper. Mm-hmm. Paul George wanted to be a Clipper. So even though the Lakers, like in New York City, baseball is a Yankee town. Mm-hmm. New York, it's more Yankee fans than there's Mets fans. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, who are from Southern California, want to play for the Clippers. So they want the challenge to go against LeBron. They yeah. want to be, they don't want to be a Robin. They want to be Batman. Now they're going to be Batman together, but they, they look at it like, I want to win my own championship. So I think, like you asked me earlier, this rivalry is going to be very, very interesting because once that new building opens up in Inglewood within the next, I don't know, two to five years, mm-hmm. the Clippers, the whole, the whole, the whole city is going to change. I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I think it says something because we saw so many players in the past, you know, five, ten years, you know, go the easy route of I'm just going to hook up with, you know, and, and not have a big challenge. I want the easy road to the championship. And those guys said, no, we're going to we're going to take the challenge. So I thought that's really impressive. Oh, absolutely. And, and I really it's interesting because I did a podcast with you earlier I think a couple of weeks ago and, and the feedback from people that I know about your show from people that have listened to it you're just getting rave reviews so obviously when anytime you. you want me back on your show I'll be more than happy to do it well absolutely man well listen take care part A and uh, NBA basketball is on and it's exciting um, it's great talking to you about this this LA rivalry this hallway series that we have in L.A. between the Lakers and Clippers. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for basketball fans and uh, especially L.A. fans. I'm your host, Parday, and this is Baseline, L.A.'s number one podcast for basketball right here on the Believe Network. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.